Welcome to the Michigan Out of Doors podcast. Since 1937, MUCC has been committed to conserve, protect, and enhance Michigan's natural resources and outdoor heritage. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome to another edition of the Michigan Out of Doors podcast, the presentation of the folks from MUCC, Michigan United Conservation Clubs, a group that I think is doing a wonderful job in protecting and promoting our natural resources, our outdoor heritage. And one of the reasons I think that they are so effective is MUCC has a very small but hardworking staff, including Morgan Jennings, who is the Wildlife Cooperative Coordinator for MUCC, and she helps us kick off this edition of the Michigan Out of Doors podcast. Morgan, welcome. Uh, How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me today. Now listen, tell me a little bit about uh, your job as Wildlife Cooperative Coordinator. It's kind of self-explanatory, but what do you do? Sure. So um, for those of you that don't know, a wildlife co-op is a group of landowners and hunters that work collaboratively to manage a species and its habitat. So my role as the coordinator is to help create those cooperatives throughout the state of Michigan and also enhance existing ones. So helping more people join and just keep them going throughout the years. Uh, Another one of my roles is to keep an ongoing list of professional resources for those people. One of our main focuses is private land habitat within those cooperatives, so making sure that all leaders and members have access to the resources that they need to make the best habitat uh, and management decisions possible. And do we have a lot of those co-ops across the state? We do. We have just over 130 cooperatives um, in existence right now. And, and, And why are they formed? What are people looking to do? So it could be a variety of things that people are looking to do on the landscape. Most people join uh, because they are interested in the habitat aspect and also understanding what's going on on the local landscape. So um, one of our main things is adjusting the focus from parcel management, which could just be uh, someone's 25 acres to a zoomed out version of that and looking at more of a community landscape level. So when people get into co-ops, they're really just interested in having a better understanding of what's going on with their deer herd or their pheasant population in the area or just in general what other people are doing conservation-wise on their properties around them. And is that the ultimate goal for most of these groups is better hunting opportunities? Yes. Yep. That is number one. Um, well, And you bring up an interesting point, too. I mean, you've got somebody with 25 acres there. You've got a farmer next door with 600 acres. I mean, to, to, to all work together and to help spread the word about what these different property owners are doing, you, you would need a group like a co-op to help make that happen. Yes, and that organization uh, can be as formal or informal as necessary, but most people are utilizing social media for stuff like that. They usually meet uh, once a month generally. Some people are more quarterly, but you know whatever they can do to make sure they're on a texting group or a Facebook group and making sure everyone's sharing what they're harvesting, what they're doing habitat-wise, and overall it becomes more of a fun experience for people. And are these co-ops, are they all across the state or just primarily the southern tier? Yes, we actually have, uh, I would say the majority is in uh, southern Michigan, uh, but we have a very strong group of about um, 10 co-ops in the northeast area, and then we also have one in the UP, so we are officially all over the state of Michigan. And, And how big, how much land do these groups encompass? 
Um, right now, uh, or I should say as of January, we had 352,000 acres enrolled in Michigan, which is about 6,000 private landowners involved. Oh, so it's an official enrollment process. Somewhat official, just so we can help keep track. So it's really simply a Google form that people fill out with me so that they have a name, we know the established area, and we also have a cooperative map that's available on mucc.org slash cooperative. And anyone that has chosen to share their uh, cooperative location publicly can go there and see that. And you can even click them and get some information on who that leader is if you were interested in joining. Oh, I got you. So it's just a way to kind of keep track of things. Correct, yes. I would anticipate, too, or I would bet that these co-ops, say, in the UP are dealing with completely different, um, a completely different situation, in many cases, of what they are in the southern part of the state. Yes, um, that is a very good assumption, and that has been somewhat of an adjustment for me. Is uh, Obviously, I'm not from there, but it's been very interesting to learn from those landowners. So they've given me new perspective also. But in terms of deer management and actually um, in the area the one existing co-op is in, they actually have a lot of grassland acres. So they actually have a very viable pheasant population there as well. Um, so, yeah, they have some differences and. You know, whether that's policy regulation uh, all the way to habitat. So it's been very interesting to learn about. This is the Michigan Out of Doors podcast. If you would like to learn more about MUCC in general, check out the website MUCC.org. That's MUCC.org. On Facebook, you can find them at Facebook.com slash MUCC1937 and on Instagram at MUCC1937. We're talking right now with Morgan Jennings. She's the Wildlife Cooperative Coordinator. So what are you doing right now? Because with the situation we're in right now, you can't be doing the field work maybe that you'd like. How are you adjusting to this? What are you doing? Yes, it is quite unfortunate. Um, we spent a lot of time putting together a habitat series uh, of 10 events that was also to be in person and hosted at cooperative properties. Um, I'm not going to say those are all canceled. Right now they are postponed and Um, Based on last year, we were looking to affect about 1,000 people. Um, So we're hoping those take place, but right now we're just trying to keep people connected, and I'm in the process of doing some phone calls and video chats with people that are interested in co-ops. It's a really good time, especially seeing, you know, our staff is working from home, making extra time for those phone calls about how to get started and, you know, if a co-op is uh, right for certain people. So um, that's been the majority of uh, my stuff, staying active on our social media and um, enjoying talking to people about the habitat work they're getting out and doing. And that's one of the cool things about all the private lands happening out there is people are, you know, getting their outdoors time still and uh, making some stuff happen. Well, how would we start a co-op? I mean, how, how much land needs to be involved and how many different Um, How many different property owners does it take to put something together? So technically, you can have just two people. Uh, That's all we look for in a cooperative to start with. Um, If we're going to put together an initial meeting, we hope that there's at least five landowners, but there is no acreage requirement, which is great. Um, If you have someone that's interested, the first step would be contacting myself as the coordinator, and then we work to put together uh, some flyers and brochures for people to distribute among their community, and then we set up an initial meeting, and that's where people are invited to talk about what their habitat goals are, what their management are, depending on the species. 
Um, and then we just get people interested and go from there. And then after an initial meeting, we can officially sign them up as a co-op. And then, you know, we support their goals from there and prioritize some things. And that is how most get started. And, and, and let me follow up on this. So you say promote their goals, support their goals. So the, the folks in the co-op, then they decide what they want to do, what they want to accomplish. And you're there as a resource or are you there to kind of guide them of where you think they should go? Uh, definitely the first option we start with. Um, my approach is always making sure the conversation is open. Um, I'm there as a resource to bounce questions off of, of course, and make sure they're connected. Um, but we always want to hear what people would love to see uh, without any uh, restrictions on their property. So what they have concerns about, what they would like to see as far as hunting and habitat go. And then we kind of make that list and see if all the people interested in being a part of that cooperative match up with that. Um, and then we start prioritizing how to make those things happen. Hmm. What would you like folks to know before we let you go, Morgan? Just that we are always available. It is always a good time to start a cooperative. And I'd also like them to know that the co-op program is supported by MUCC, uh, Michigan DNR, Quality Deer Management Association, and Pheasants Forever. And we appreciate their support as always. Well, uh, uh, one last question then. How, how are these funded then? Do the local, the, the co-op owners, do they kick in some bucks to make this happen? Or how does that work? Uh, they do not, and all services that I provide to cooperatives are free. Uh, we are funded uh, by QDMA and Pheasants Forever, um, paying a cut of this position and also DNR. And then MUCC supports our position by hosting it in their site. Um, I get all of the technology and stuff like that I need from MUCC also. Wonderful. Morgan Jennings, I appreciate your time uh, as the Wildlife Cooperative Coordinator. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, and thanks for having us. All right, always a pleasure. You can learn more at uh, mucc.org slash cooperative. Now we're going to switch gears here a little bit on the uh, Michigan Out of Doors podcast from the the co-ops to the water, the the on-the-water coordinator. Emma Nehan joins us now. Emma, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? I am doing just (laughs) great, and uh, it's nice to talk with you. Now, I am quite familiar with the -the on-the-ground program, OTG. OTW on the water is, is kind of new to me. Help me out. What's it all about? Yes, so it is very new. We got a grant from Consumers Energy Planet Fund. It's their foundation that they have, and we received that grant last April, I believe, and I was brought on in July to run and create the On the Water program. It's very similar to On the Ground, which is Michaela's program. It's about bringing outreach, education, and awareness to local communities about their watersheds. You are no more than six miles away from a body of water at any given time in Michigan, and I feel like a lot of our residents A, don't know that, or B, they know that and they're not taking full advantage of this watershed that is in their backyard. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to do a lot of trash pickups, a lot of invasive species pulls, and educate the public while we're doing that. So we're doing a lot of watershed festivals, education outreach events, stuff like that as well. Hmm. Isn't it wonderful that we do live in a state where there's water no more than six miles away from us? Not everybody can claim that, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think we have 
not only do we have the Great Lakes, we have over 10,000 inland lakes in Michigan. And then you count in the wetlands and the rivers. We are in an abundance of water here in Michigan. And how do you get the word out? If somebody doesn't realize this, how do you get the word out and encourage them to take advantage of this wonderful water we're surrounded with? That is where Michigan United Conservation Clubs definitely comes into play. We have over 2,000 affiliated clubs throughout Michigan, and these are our members, the ones who can help when it comes to spend, like spreading the word out. For example, we have a really big successful cleanup on the Manistee River, and that is through Steelhead Manifesto. Those guys, those anglers know that river like the back of their hand. So they are the ones who really like bring their buddies out and their families because they already know all of these fishing spots on the Manistee. And they're like, I know where that trash is. I know Mm. where that styrofoam is. That um, string has been hanging from that tree for five weeks. So like they very much know. And then, of course, on my end, when I get the word out, it's a lot of social media and technology. It's a lot of posting on our Facebook, our socials. We have a massive email base. It's getting the word out in those ways. And then it's contacting that local community to try and get that community out. For example, we are going to be a part of a really big trash bash initiative on the Muskegon River in Nuevo County, and we're getting that county involved in that cleanup. Like, we've reached out to Nuevo Parks and Rec Department, and they are actively going to partner with us to clean up that section of the Muskegon River that goes through Nuevo County. Trash bash. I love that. <laughs> yep. But right now, though, your your hands are tied a little bit, right? Because some of these uh, projects where you would like to get people together for these cleanups, you can't do that right now. Yes, very much so. But the field team, we are being very creative when it comes to this stuff. Yesterday, I launched a virtual MI invasive species bingo game. How that works is... The overall goal is to get the public to ID invasive species. They might have autumn olives in their backyard and they might not even know it. So I'm really trying to interact with our members and the public during this time when we can't really do our events and things like that. So not only is this invasive species game helping people ID invasive species on their next walk in their backyard, it's also a bingo game. So, like, we have a bingo board, and once you get, like, three in a row, you send me your card, the photos, proof that you actually participated in the game, and then they're going to get an on-the-water swag bag. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. But the but the uh, invasive species is not just aquatic invasive. This goes beyond on the water, doesn't it? Yes, it is a lot more. I focused on 
terrestrial and aquatic kind of invasive species. It's really more not about like collecting data. It's just educating people who want to partake in this game. So yeah, there is like autumn olive, buckthorn, Japanese knotweed. Those are very much non-aquatic invasive species. But those are the ones that our members and our individuals who want to partake in this game will most likely see on their next walk around the block. We hear so much about uh, Asian carp as being an invasive species, but based on what you're telling me right now, there are a lot of other species of many, many different types who really don't belong here in Michigan. Oh, yes, there, there definitely are. Um, I have a love-hate relationship when it comes to invasive species. There's a part of me that really admires these species because they have been able to conquer and adapt so well. And then there's a part of me that just gets very irritated that they're so successful at it. Mm. So there's a lot out there. Um, in Michigan, we have a top 12 when it comes to terrestrial species, and that includes baby's breath. I've said autumn olive already. There's a few others like blue lime grass, garlic mustard, the really big one in Saginaw Bay. I'm sure you're aware of because I heard you fish Saginaw Bay is invasive phragmites. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. So, yep, there's a lot out there, and some people, it's just an education kind of tool. For example, baby's breath. Baby's breath, um, a lot of people don't know it by that name, but if I told you baby's breath, which is an invasive species in Michigan, is the white flower that you see in, like, every single bouquet. Yeah. That that's what it is. Uh. But it's an invasive species at Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. It's really choking out an endangered species up there. It's called the pitcher's thistle. So, and this is just what I think is general knowledge, but a lot of the time the public doesn't know this and they're not aware of it. Well, I think it's wonderful how uh, everybody there at MUCC and you specifically, including with your OTW, your On the Water program, how you're getting people involved. And isn't that the key? The more people we get involved, the more people we can educate, the better off we all are. Exactly. Very much so. Another initiative that not just on the water, but on the ground and the cooperatives program is trying to do is in the coming weeks, we're going to start a photo contest for our meet for our members and the general public to be involved in using the hashtag MUCC responsible recreation. We do want people to still go outside. You know, the weather is getting nice, but at the same time, we really want to make sure people are abiding by the guidelines that have been put forth by the state of Michigan. Using this hashtag will most likely promote that along with getting outside, taking a few pictures. Uh, hashtag responsible recreation. Was that it? Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. That's a wonderful yeah. idea. Uh, that's that's great. That's great. How do we learn more, Emma, about the uh, programs, the projects you're involved in? Can I just go to MUCC.org and find them there, or is there a better way to do that? The best way is through our website. If you go to MUCC.org, I have a tab called On the Water for my program. All the information is there. If you want to be a part of the virtual MI Invasive Species Bingo Game, 
It's right there underneath April events. It launched yesterday, and it is going until May 7th. Wonderful. That sounds like a lot of fun. Emma Nehan, appreciate your time, and thanks for all the good work you're doing there at MUCC. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Now turning another direction here on this edition of the uh, Michigan Out of Doors podcast, talking with Michaela Labute. She is the uh, Habitat Volunteer Coordinator. She works very closely with the OTG program, the On the Ground program. Michaela, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm doing very well. Happy to be on. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And boy, what an interesting time this is right now. A lot of the different programs and projects, all of you there at MUCC have put so much time and effort into. You just can't do them right now because of the coronavirus, the COVID-19. So so, so how are you getting things done? Yeah, so unfortunately, due to COVID-19, we, we did have to cancel all previously scheduled OT. OTG events through May 15th. Um, We are working to reschedule our chainsaw safety course and some of our projects like our tree plantings that we might be able to push to the fall. So I hope people keep an eye out for those. But in the spirit of OTG, we're still encouraging people to get out and recreate responsibly. And while they're out recreating, we also started an initiative to give them a chance to give back to their public land by hosting a virtual public land cleanup. Oh, tell me more about that. Yeah, so the idea is that if you're out visiting a state game area, a wildlife management or viewing area, or a grouse-enhanced management site, we are encouraging you to leave the land better than you found it by picking up and removing litter and garbage from the area. And it's actually a really great initiative because if you follow the guidelines, then you have a chance to be entered to win one of two $50 Cabela's gift cards. Wow, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Tell, tell me a little bit more about how it works. Though. How do I get involved in something like that? Yeah, so all you have to do is um, when you go out to the state game area, you can snap some photos of you participating and what you picked up, the trash you found, the litter you removed. And then you can go online to our OTG Facebook page that we created. And you can also send those photos right to the OTG page. You Visitors can post or you can send them to me via email directly at mlabute at muCC.org. And then right after that, you're entered to win a $50 Cabela's gift card. It runs through May 1st. We're hoping we've already had some great participation all the way from Haymarsh Lake State Game Area up in the northwest all the way down to Petersburg in the southeast. So it's been great. People have been really excited about it. Well, it sounds like you, uh, you're making the most of a bad situation and taking advantage of the, the different types of media and the technology that's out there these days. Yeah, absolutely. You know, OTG um, is all all about connecting Michiganders with their public land and giving them an opportunity to give back to the resource. And we're very disappointed that we had to cancel those events, although the health of our volunteers is always our priority. So we do understand. But we also know that people really value those opportunities to get out and leave the land better than they found it. And the neat thing about this initiative is actually that it was actually recommended by multiple uh, volunteers and followers of uh, OTG social media and MUCC social media that we do something like this because they wanted a chance to still get out and give back. So I think it's really <clears throat> amazing that our volunteers actually came up with this idea. So, so what you've done with the On the Ground, the OTG project, the program is you have, 
you have created a desire in these people's minds to go out and do something good for the habitat and the environment, and, and now they're they're picked up the torch and they're carrying it on their own. How cool is that? Yeah, you know, it just really speaks volumes about, you know, Michiganders in general, whether you're a hunter, angler, trapper, or an outdoor enthusiast of any kind. You know, these folks have always taken the initiative by coming out to these wildlife habitat improvement events. And now they reached out to us and said, we want to do something. And the least we can do is give them a chance to to win a $50 gift card because we appreciate it so much, the Mm. stewardship ethic in Michigan. So. Who are these folks who get involved in the on the ground program? Are they hardcore hunters and anglers, or are they folks who maybe have a more casual interest in the outdoors? Yeah, so we are very grateful at the OTG program to have a little bit of everyone join us. Nine times out of ten, though, it is the hunters, the anglers, and the trappers leading the way with the volunteer ethic. Um, but we also have quite a bit of uh, leisurely recreationists, the, the birders, the kayakers, the hikers that come out. And the great thing about volunteerism is that while hunters and anglers and trappers and our license fees and and our excise taxes on our firearms do pay for the conservation and the program and a lot of the wildlife habitat work that gets done in Michigan, I think volunteerism is fantastic because it's a way that everyone can give back, even those who may not hunt, fish, or trap. And and to have somebody who might be a hardcore hunter working shoulder to shoulder, standing side by side with somebody who might be a, a, a bird watcher, that does a lot of good. That's good PR right there. Oh, absolutely. It's not uncommon at all at an OTG event to have your hunters, your bird hunters talking with your bird watchers and sharing their stories and their passion and realizing that, you know, conservation has a lot of different faces. So, I really value that about the OTG program is that, you know, it gets everyone out because we all have a stake in the resource and it's a really great way to build those bridges. I love the way you say that. We all have a stake in the resource. And you folks there at MUCC, I think, have been at the forefront of getting that message out, Michaela. Yeah, you know, it's a really great opportunity and a really exciting time in conservation right now because you do have so many interested stakeholders working together to reach our common mission. And the great thing about the OTG program is that we're conservation in action. We're out there doing the habitat work. We've done more than 2,200 acres with more than 3,000 volunteers. And it's really impressive. We have a total of 14,555 volunteer hours invested in the Michigan's wildlife. And who pays for this? How are you guys funded? Yes, so the hunters, anglers, and or the hunters and trappers of Michigan, uh, with their license fees, pay for this uh, program through the DNR Wildlife Division. Hmm. So we are funded entirely by the Wildlife Division, and MUCC carries out the program. Wonderful, wonderful. And when this whole COVID nineteen thing clears, I'm assuming you guys will get back in the field, right? Oh, absolutely. We're looking forward to it. As soon as we get the green light, we will be back out in the field doing our on-the-ground work. And yet we're watching closely. We do have some events that we're looking at for late May and June and through the summer. So I encourage people to keep an eye on the COVID-19 guidelines, uh, recreate safely, and keep an eye on the OTG program because as soon as we're able to, we'll be back out there. And remind me, where is the best place uh, online to keep an eye on the status of OTG? 
Yes, so we have two options for viewers. We now have a Facebook page, and you can find us by searching at M-U-C-C-O-T-G. And then we also have our webpage, uh, the M-U-C-C.org slash on-the-ground. And that has all the information about upcoming events, the history of the program, and uh, our new initiative as well for the Clean Up Challenge. Wonderful, wonderful. Anything else that you, you want to make us aware of this time around, Michaela? Um, no, we're just looking forward to getting back out, and we just encourage everyone to recreate safely and be good to the land at this time. Michaela Labute, appreciate your time on this edition of the Michigan Out of Doors podcast, and I appreciate all your hard work. We will all get through this together, and we can get back out and have some fun. Thank you, Michaela. Yes, thank you, Mike. Have a good day. I will certainly have a good day. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Michigan Out of Doors podcast, a conversation with three women who are very passionate about the outdoors, very passionate about our natural resources, and about sharing that passion with others. And I think that's a great statement about what MUCC stands for. If you would like to learn more about Michigan United Conservation Clubs, check out the website, MUCC.org. You can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash MUCC1937 and on Instagram at MUCC1937. My name is Mike Avery, a proud member of Michigan United Conservation Clubs, and I will talk with you next time right here on the Michigan Out of Doors podcast.